On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla rolls out a few fun new Easter eggs just ahead of the holidays. The Boring Company has an unexpected Tesla tie-in. The Performance Model 3 looks like a heck of a deal in China and much more. Happy holidays, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 177 for December 23rd, 2018. I want to wish a Merry Christmas to all of those celebrating. A friendly reminder before I get going that I will, will have a show for you next week and the week after and the week after and the week after. There are no holiday breaks on this podcast. Uh, I will be in Arizona for next week's show, so it might sound a touch different because I'm going to be using my portable recorder and the microphone attachment for that. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it'll sound acceptable enough. It's, I mean, it is the same. Actually, it's a new one. I bought a new one specifically for the Elon interview, which I still don't have a date for, by the way, if you're if you're wondering. But I bought a new portable recorder. It's supposed to be pretty nice. It better be for for what I paid for it. But that's got a, a, a an external microphone, so. Do the show from my parents' house with that next week. But yes, I will be here. Next week, I'll do predictions again. In fact, I'm going to have to go back and look at my predictions from uh, the end of the year show last or yeah, last year heading into this year and see if I got anything right <laughs> at all because I probably didn't, but maybe I was close on one or two things. Anyway, uh, I hope to see some of you in Fremont if you're taking delivery during my volunteer time today, Sunday, I'm signed up from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., so I'll be out at the Fremont Delivery Hub there. And then perhaps I will see some of you in Arizona if you happen to be taking delivery at the Tempe location. Uh, I'm going to possibly be there. I'm, I'm talking to the Arizona club now. If I do, if I do have time, it's kind of a, there's just a lot going on with family and whatnot, so I'm kind of taking a look at things. But if I do, it's going to be on the 29th. Not quite sure what time it would be, but uh, if you are taking delivery either of those two days, I hope to see you and see your smiling face taking delivery of your car, and uh, feel free to say hello to me if you do happen to see me. As for the Tesla news this week, let's start with the Boring Company. Now, normally, I don't cover the rest of the Muskiverse, if you will, but this is relevant to Tesla owners and enthusiasts alike, actually. It's relevant to all of our interests. I'm going to play you a little clip from Elon's speech at that uh, Boring Company tunnel unveiling, their, their sort of test tunnel. Here's Elon talking about how this won't be a walled garden specifically for Teslas only. Um, and this is something that uh, we, can be applied to any autonomous EV. So to be clear, this is not intended to be restricted to a Tesla. Obviously, for convenience sake, I use a Tesla. Um, right, that'd be silly if I didn't. Um, but the, this, this is not intended to be some sort of walled garden or, or just for Teslas or something like that. Any autonomous uh, EV can be outfitted with these guide wheels. Yeah, and why autonomous? Well, uh, it, 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 
it, it means you can go very, very fast and brake very quickly. Like we expect that you can probably do uh, one vehicle per second through the tunnel. Um, typically on, on, a, on a freeway you can do, without autonomous vehicles, you can do a, a car every two seconds. But with autonomy, we think you can do a car at least every, every second. Um, and with radar-based and vision-based braking, you can do so very safely. Um, it, it, and it's, it's, it's backwards compatible with the road system, which is important. <laughs> um, and, and, and it can take you, you can literally go, I mean, you can think of these like, they're sort of like wormholes. It, like, it's just like you drop down the worm, like you're, you're driving around, oh, I need to get to the other side of LA or New York or whatever, drop down the wormhole, pop out the other side. Um, and then you can just drive normally. I mean, I think this is like really a panacea. I don't know if you happened to catch the live stream on this on Tuesday night, but it was really interesting to watch. Tesla, to their credit, they were very kind to invite me to this, but I just had a couple of unmovable things on my calendar here as the, as the work year was winding down, so I wasn't able to make the trip down. Initially, I thought I would make a Tesla road trip out of it and just, just take the Model 3 down uh, as my first sort of real proper road trip ahead of my big Arizona journey that I've got coming up, but um, that was going to take too much time either way, and, and then I looked into flights, but anyway, I'm glad it was live-streamed, so I got to see it, a bunch of us, we all got to see it, and what you heard Elon talking about in there, about the, the, the guide wheels, the skates are gone. Remember, the original plan was for the cars to come down the elevator to get onto the tunnel via... A, a basically a giant skateboard that the car would sit on and then that would be whisked along in the tunnel at like 125 miles an hour. So the skates are gone. Uh, they're instead going to hook these little pop-out guide wheels underneath your Tesla that will fold up and underneath your car when they're not in use and they'll deploy when you go into the Boring Company tunnel. And the top speed that Elon says is 150 miles per hour. Now, hold that thought for just a moment. Uh, my wife and I watched this together, the, the, the speech. And it's funny. She said, and I quote, I'm paraphrasing, she was like, uh, oh, my gosh, it's like a private freeway for Teslas. That was, that was before uh, Elon said what I, what I just played for you. So it's almost like he heard her through the computer. But... You know, it is no accident that this is an electric vehicle only system because the fact is now the cars are operating on their own power, under their own power, which in the original plan they weren't. So theoretically any power, you know, gas powered or not, you just go down there and turn off your, your engine, no problem. But as the system is, is now designed and intended, emissions wise, it makes perfect sense to restrict it to electric vehicles, and he's talking about specifically autonomous electric vehicles because I think Tesla doesn't want users uh, being able to jerk the wheel any which way they want in the in down as they careen at high speed down a very tight tunnel. Um, but you know, and then on the emission side, of course, with with not allowing internal combustion engine cars, you know, you don't want a carbon dioxide filled tunnel. That's that doesn't do anybody any favors, but. I do think that whether by design or not, this is another clever way, if the tunneling stuff takes off, to try and spur other automakers 
to make electric vehicles. Because if this takes off and people think, you know, if these tunnels are, are in major cities and they're, they're a, a practical, useful thing in day-to-day -day life, and somebody says, hmm, I'm going to buy a new car. Man, I really want to use those tunnels so that I can zip across town super easily. But then the cars that that person's looking at aren't supported by, because they're maybe it's a gas-powered car. Then guess what? Then they might take a second look at Tesla or a first look if they hadn't taken one in the first place or another autonomous capable electric vehicle. So I think it's kind of genius on Elon's part in that regard, whether, again, whether by explicit design or just sort of a happy byproduct of switching away from the skateboard design. But uh, th there is one problem, though, with the system unveiled by Elon that I thought of right away. I did try tweeting him, didn't hear back, which I, I knew was going to happen because, you know, he was at the event and he's going to get bombed with tweets in the, in the immediate uh, aftermath of that event. But anyway, so the, the, the issue that I thought of is if he's talking about, you know, 150 miles an hour and since it's on autopilot, it's autonomous, you got cars zipping through there in a pretty controlled, regulated way, which will allow for more vehicles to get through there faster. The problem is, is that intended speed, 150 miles an hour, you need tires that are properly rated for that, properly speed rated. In other words, Z-rated tires. The performance Teslas all have them, SX and 3, but the rest of the fleet which is probably nine, the other 90% of the Teslas on the road, don't. So I wonder if the system will, will just adjust to go as fast as your tires can safely support. Uh, and, and secondarily, there is another little matter too of the 150 mile an hour thing is there are some Teslas whose top speed isn't 150 miles an hour. They're regulated to it, they're, they're computer controlled, they're governed effectively to a, a lower top speed than 150. Most of the Model 3s are that way, in fact. So, I don't know. Yeah, it just, you know, it seems like I know this is sort of a proof of concept. There's still a lot to be worked out, but it does work. Uh, it seemed pretty cool. It would have been fun to, if I had been able to go, to, to take a ride through it. You can see plenty of videos of rides from the likes of CBS, uh, all, basically all the major news outlets got to film their rides, the general public, or the, the attendees uh, who were not mainstream media did not get to film their rides in the tunnel. But it's if this ends up happening in a, in a real and practical way, it'll be yet another perk to owning a Tesla. You just have to get those guide wheels installed up underneath your car and then, guess what? You'll be able to pop into the Boring Company tunnels and zip across town much more quickly than you would if you had to take the surface streets. Elsewhere this week in Tesla land, there was a big new software update adding some fun, fun stuff. There was, there was some concrete, useful things, but it was, I would say, mostly a fun update here ahead of uh, the Christmas holiday. So the first one... The emissions testing mode, which is an Easter egg you can find in your Easter egg basket, press the Tesla T logo at the top center of your screen, regardless of which Tesla you own, and then you see a, at the top of that box that, that opens, 
you will see a, a sort of a triangular arrow shaped thing pointing down. You just drag that down and there's your Easter egg box and you will see a whoopee cushion. And yes, it is a farting app, which is exactly what I thought it was going to be uh, based on what Elon had said about it, said toilet humor. Sadly, though, the, the other bit of it that I had predicted, so I predicted the general part of it right, not that I'm any sort of Nostradamus on that, but I had said, oh, I wonder if you'll be able to make it, if it'll be a pressure-sensitive thing so that you can toggle it if it's on or if somebody, if it senses somebody hit, you know, going into the seat, it'll, it'll like a whoopee cushion, it'll play the sound. Sadly, it doesn't do that, but you can nevertheless troll your passengers with it or yourself, I suppose, <laughs> My favorite part of it, though, because yeah, you can basically you can you can just place it over any uh, any of the seats, and what's cool is it'll play the fart sound in just on those local speakers. So if you if you if it's the the you know the rear right passenger, it'll just do the, play it on the speakers back there or, or front right, you know, just up there. So it does sort of have a <laughs> a localized sound effect. My favorite part of it, though, besides the fact that just fart sounds are funny, is the names of the, uh, let's see, what is it? It's one, two, three, four, five, uh, five different fart sounds. <laughs> they're all, they're all uh, Muscoverse themed. So you have the Short Shorts Ripper, which of course is, a, is a, another little dig at short sellers. Falcon Heavy. Ludicrous fart, Neurostink, that's a deep cut right there, bringing in Neuralink, boring fart, and then there's just a random button that'll play a random one. And yes, for those of you who haven't gotten the audio yet, who haven't gotten the update yet, here's a taste phrasing. Well, I never would have expected my 2018 to go from uh, finally getting my Model 3 to getting answers to my questions from Elon on Twitter to winning a free Roadster to winning another one to Elon Musk publicly agreeing to be interviewed on this podcast to playing fart sounds on the show because they're now an app in the car. That's 2000. That's my 2018. I <laughs> never in a million years could I have predicted that's how my 2018 would go. But here we are. Uh, it's been an unpredictable, amazing year. But there you go. The emissions testing mode Easter egg. Have fun trolling your children or your coworkers, your friends. Whatever you, however you choose to use it. Elsewhere in this update, one of the other Easter eggs is a campfire mode, which was the, uh, so I, I think I was, I was a little close on this one too. I got this half right. So what it does is it puts a, a uh, burning uh, fire on the screen in a, in a fireplace right on your screen there and plays some romantic music. So I predicted the music part correctly, but not the actual campfire, the, the rather the, the fireplace fire itself. But 
And I also, I did think that it might recline the seats all the way back, but, uh, well, I suppose it doesn't do that, but you could still do that yourself if that's, <laughs> if that's how you'd like to take this. And then the other fun bit was a new game, a new Tesla Tari game, Pole Position. And what's cool about this is it is a custom variant. In it, uh, it's, so it's called Mars Madness, and in it, you drive a car, a red Model 3 specifically, across Mars, but it is pole position. Uh, it even says, prepare to qualify, whole thing. And you control it using your, your steering wheel, uh, which it's, it doesn't allow for a ton of movement. It's not like you're totally twisting the steering wheel left and right. It seems to, I don't know if it's sort of using the pressure sensing capabilities of, uh, of the steering wheel, like the way autopilot uses it in order to help, help, uh, enhance that experience. But, uh, and then the brake pedal. So your brake pedal is your gas pedal. And they do that because there's, there's a warning when you start that says, Hey, you know, wouldn't want you to accidentally throw the car into drive and then be hitting the accelerator pedal while you're playing this game. That would be bad. Also, Hey, please don't let children play this game unattended for that very reason just in case. Uh, it's pretty fun. I, I really like it. I think, I think it might be my favorite of the Tesla Tari games so far, not only because of the custom ROM uh, that, that's here, but just, yeah, the, the control scheme using the wheel and pedal uh, is so much fun. And the other thing, though, is there's another way to control it besides that steering wheel, and there's, there's another way now you can control all the Tesla Tari games. Plug in a USB controller, and you can use a, a modern gamepad, a console or PC gamepad, to control the games. Any uh, USB controller. Uh, I grabbed the closest one to me at my office, at my desk, uh, which because I got the update during the day and went down to check it out. I grabbed a three, an Xbox 360 controller, and that did not work. But an Xbox One controller will work, a PlayStation 4 controller. And again, these, these do have to be wired. There, there is no wireless Bluetooth connectivity for the controllers. But a USB controller, uh, you know, the newer the better, will work. And you can control any of the Tesla Atari games with it. So that's pretty cool. I, if you're, if you're want bad enough to actually go out and acquire a controller for these games, I would absolutely recommend an Xbox One controller. I think it's... I think it is overall the best gamepad that's ever been made. It's just a phenomenal controller. feels great. But um, Now, the other... The, there's sort of a weird part of this is that the cars, the Teslas that, that have the MCU version 2 chip, so that's the, the newer GPU, basically, that, that makes your interface, you know, zippier compared to, you know, an older Model S. So that, that chip, the MCU 2 sh chip, is in every single Model 3, and then S's and X's from about the last year, year and a half or so, uh, those, all those cars got access to pole position, but the MCU-1 cars, which of course is still, still for now a huge chunk of the fleet, did not get access to it. Now, people that are uh, much savvier than I am have gone in and found that it's there, it's just not being exposed to them. It's not being presented to them as a, as a playable option. So I don't know if they feel like Tesla feels like the performance on pole position slash Mars Madness is just not that great on an MCU one or, or what their logic is. But 
Um, so you, that's unfortunate. So if you if you go to if you get your update and you've got an MCU one Tesla and you don't see pole position, that is why uh, it is not a bug or or something that that went wrong on you. It is seemingly a, it is an intentional decision from Tesla, though sadly we don't have exact clarification as of now as to why that is. But presumably it is a technical reason, and there 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 would be no other good reason. But there you go. A few fun things, Easter eggs in the car. There are a couple of very useful practical day-to-day things, though. Number one is the Keep Climate On mode, a.k.a. Dog mode, a.k.a. Camping mode. This allows you to leave your climate settings turned on even when the car is off and you're not in it, uh, and you can do that until the battery hits 20%. After that, it is going to turn the HVAC stuff off. Now, you can manage it from your smartphone app, which is good, and it will send you a notification when your battery does hit 20%. So if you've got a, uh, a dog, your air conditioning in the car uh, while you've run in to do something, and you, hopefully you're not super low on battery, but if you are, you're going to get told that so you can get right out and, and take care of it. Uh, or if you're, you're heating a car in a, in a winter climate for, again, maybe just, the, the dog is the best example, that, <laughs> at least the first thing that comes to mind for me. But there you go. So that is a long-requested feature that is now available. And finally, if you update your Tesla smartphone app, you can now schedule service appointments and finally turn on your seat heaters from the app. So, you know, if it's... Uh, this time of year, it's chilly here in, in the U.S. and in, in the uh, the northern hemisphere. You come, you know, you're maybe coming out of the movie. The the credits roll on uh, on on Spider-Man into the Spider uh, Verse, which, by the way, is phenomenal. Highly recommended. And you say, oh, credits roll. By the way, stay through the end credits on that one. It is worth your while. But anyway, maybe as you get up to leave the theater, you can now go in and turn the seat heater on, so that as soon as you're Fanny hits that hits that Tesla seat. You'll uh, be be greeted by a nice toasty chair, along with, of course, your your climate system blowing some nice warm air on you as well. Uh, but yeah, man, what what a great update this is! Just a phenomenal update to end the year. Huge update to end the year. You know, a couple of legitimate, excellent, practical new features. And a bunch of fun stuff too here at here at the holidays. So kudos to Tesla and the the software team for getting this done and into our hands here. Especially, you know, there are going to be so many people. There's going to be a lot of people taking delivery here in the last week week and a half of the year at the end of the quarter. And they're they're all going to they, if their car doesn't have this version pre-installed, which by the way, it's uh, it is. Uh, 2018.48.12, you know, usually what'll happen is if your car isn't delivered with that, with the latest uh, firmware version, you will get a software update the first night that you have your car. So then you'll wake up to it the next day. So a lot of new owners will will get to see all this and, and get to use it and mess around with the, with the games and Easter eggs for the very first time right after they take delivery. All right, moving on. Listener Vincent in Irvine, California, notes the comparison in Chinese pricing for Tesla 
versus its competitors with specific regard to the P3D, the Performance Model 3, versus BMW's M3 and M4, as well as Mercedes's C63 AMG. So, you know, apples to apples comparisons here. The P3D in China is the equivalent of 81,160 US dollars. The M3, 162,000 US dollars. The M4, 184,000 US dollars. And the Mercedes-Benz C63 AMG, $173,000 and some change. Wow. That is going to make it very, very easy for Chinese buyers who are, who are in the market for a performance midsize sedan to go with Tesla. I mean, that's the, <laughs> the sticker price speaks for itself on that. So the tariff waiver that, that's been granted here for a few months, seemingly, that is, uh, that is to the direct benefit of, of uh, Tesla, in this case, selling their, their vehicles in China. That is fantastic. Also, Vince sent along word as well, a confirmation, to be clear, that construction has indeed begun on Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai. They've begun clearing the way, and, and they are starting construction. And that's great to see. Tesla is just wasting no time on this. I had said that I figured Tesla would do exactly that, and, and that being not waste any time in getting that project off the ground. Because, uh, you know, the, the sooner they can start pumping out Teslas in China that are made in China, the better it's going to be for both Tesla and China itself. You know, just trying to get as many cars there, out the door there as possible, and onto the roads, and replacing internal combustion engine cars in in. Uh, in China, where the you know the air pollution is of particular concern. Next this week, just a couple more things. You can now, though it's temporary for the moment, it would seem, you can now purchase your Tesla and take delivery at the Gigafactory outside of Reno, Nevada. This story comes via NBC News 4 in Reno. They say, quote, Starting, well, now, Thursday, December 20th through December 31st, Nevada residents, so specifically Nevada residents, can purchase and take delivery of Tesla's Model S, Model X, and Model 3 at the Gigafactory 1 east of Sparks. According to Tesla, this is the car manufacturer's first sales and delivery location in northern Nevada. Quote, We've opened this location to help make it easier for customers in the region to purchase and take delivery of their vehicles, and those who take delivery also have the unique opportunity to sign up for a factory tour, according to a Tesla spokesperson. So that's awesome. I mean, that's a, that is just a, a cool thing if you're up in that, that way. Uh, certainly allows you to effectively take factory delivery and get a cool tour without having to come get your car in California and be subjected to California's sales taxes. But, you know, I, as for this being a thing through that's running through the 31st, I would expect this is just an end of quarter, let's just make this work so we can deliver as many cars this quarter as possible kind of thing. And I would suspect that in the future, Tesla will really flesh this out and make it a permanent thing that's, uh, you know, just a full normal program that they'll run. It's very cool. 
And in fact, the great Bonnie Norman, friend of mine, the, the again, I, I very respectfully refer to her as the matriarch of the Tesla community. She had suggested this. I saw her post this. She suggested this very thing to Elon on Twitter, and it seems that he and or Tesla were listening. So very cool stuff right here. Speaking of Elon Musk, uh, let me do the Musk Minute, which of course is my super dumb name for the week in Elon's tweets. So if you remember last week on 60 Minutes, when I played you the clips from that, when Elon said that he would consider buying some of the clo- one or more of the closing General Motors plants, well, this week on Twitter, Ohio Governor John Kasich, uh, Kasich, pardon me, publicly invited Elon to come and get the old 6.2 million square foot Chevy Cruze plant in the town of Lordstown. He says, hey, Elon, call me. There are no better workers than Ohio workers, and Lordstown is ready for you, end quote. Elon did reply to this, saying, thanks, we'll consider next year. According to CNN, the plant under Chevy had employed about 1,600 workers. And like I said last week, I think it could make a lot of sense to build the Tesla pickup truck in the Midwest. And the timeline could even end up matching on that. Like if Tesla were to put in a bid for this, you know, I I don't know how long sort of it'll take to formally become available on on the open market. Uh, But if Tesla can maybe put in a bid and maybe get their hands on it, either 2019 or, or at the latest, I would think 2020, if they were indeed interested, well, the pickup is likely not going to go into production until I would think 2021, given what we've heard about the Model Y, which is further along, because we know the prototype is in development and it's expected to be unveiled around March. Uh, and the pickup truck, Elon had you know suggested recently that they might show a prototype next year. So if if that happens, it's you know the, the pickup's got to be at least six months behind Model Y, and so that means. Uh, based on the what we've heard about Model Y going into production in maybe late 2020 or sometime in 2021, I would suspect that puts the pickups production timeline late 2021, maybe sometime in 2022, which again, yeah, could could end up working out really well because if Tesla does acquire the Lordstown plant in 2019 or, or let's just say 2020, it's going to take time for them to uh, you know really redecorate <laughs> effectively. Uh, we do, I'm sure, a lot of construction and change layouts and bring in a lot of tooling and equipment and, and uh, really prep it for, for Tesla use, which is very different than an internal combustion engine uh, use. So there you go. That's, that is an interesting story to keep an eye on. Meanwhile, Elon tweeting about track mode for the vanilla P3Ds meaning the ones that that don't have the performance upgrade package that had the bigger brakes, bigger wheels, uh, and what, you know, just, I guess the other, those are the core bits of it than the the other stuff like the aluminum pedals and the spoiler and what have you. But anyway, uh, yeah, in fact, those, those P3D minuses, as they sort of came to be known in the Tesla community, those are unicorns now. The, the ultimate stealth 
P3Ds, where they look exactly like any of the other Model 3s, except they've got two motors and they are dialed up for performance. Anyway, Elon said that those those vehicles will be getting track mode in, quote, probably January. Also, those same customers are apparently going to be offered either free unlimited lifetime supercharging or a $5,000 refund, according to Elon on Twitter. And yes, if you're wondering, that should also apply to the P3D Plus customers as well, of of which I'm one. Uh, I have not heard anything. I've seen threads on Reddit talking about people that have proactively reached out, and I guess checks are starting to be mailed out for the people that are choosing the money. Um, I... Again, I've talked about this before. My my heart tells me to keep the supercharging. My brain very strongly tells me to to take the money. Um, you know, I I'm not. I don't. I don't know. It's like I want I want Tesla to do well, but that's it's a lot of money. I, I guess I think I'm probably just gonna wait. And if I get contacted, then I'll probably take the money. But if I don't, I'll probably just keep my free supercharging. So I don't know how that's gonna go, but. Um, That is a a thing that Elon was tweeting about this week. Two more bits from Twitter. Elon talking about geofenced auto-folding mirrors. So a Twitter user asked Elon, quote, can we please get a setting to auto-fold mirrors when the garage door opens? So I am in this camp where I need my mirrors folded to get in and out of my garage. The user says, so simple, but a great user experience improvement. Elon replying to this saying simply, you bet, or sorry, you got it, were his exact words. So shout out to my friend Earl, aka 28 Delays Later on Twitter. This one's for you, buddy. We'll see uh, We'll see when we get it, but it looks like it is being added to the feature queue officially. And one last note on Twitter from Elon Here's Elon on uh, updating Navigate on Autopilot to have the option to waive the confirmation of lane changes. So, in other words, when we might expect Navigate on Autopilot to, at your user discretion, be able to let the car completely change lanes on its own, Elon says, quote, I have confirmation turned off on my engineering build and interventions are rare. It's probably ready to enable no confirmation setting next month, meaning January. So we'll see about that. Uh, if you've, I, I personally will not be turning that off anytime soon. I, it's, it just wants to change lanes. I do have it set to Mad Max. Maybe I need to dial it down a little bit. But on Mad Max, it just wants to change lanes when there is clearly someone there. <laughs> and I know it'll wait till they go by, but. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to be proceeding very, very cautiously with that one myself. Finally this week, the Tesla referral program, turns out it didn't end after all. Reports of its death, which are not reports, but I guess uh, my my suspicion of its death was premature, and that's good. It just gives more people a chance to get some of the referral prizes, refer your friends, family, coworkers. So it's it, for now, it's just extended through December 31st, which I realize by the time you hear this podcast is only a week. Completely, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to take any guesses anymore as to whether it will be extended into 2019. 
Again, I just figured the fact that they only extended it one week that last time, I thought that was for sure it. But here we go. It's They extended it another effectively two weeks again here through the end of the month. So if you're ordering, if you're still ordering, whether you're you know in Europe, in the U.S., wherever you happen to be, do try to find someone's code, a friend, uh, a family member, a coworker, to, to get yourself that six months of free supercharging and hopefully get them at least the first of the raffle prizes. Maybe even maybe they can get a couple and get the uh, the high, the Tesla wall charger. That's you know a super practical, cool thing. It would be be great to spread as many of those around as possible. But I'll just mention. I mean, if you do, if you just if there is nobody in your life that has a Tesla, if you are, I mean, you are by definition an enthusiast because you're listening to this, an enthusiast podcast. If there's uh, nobody in your life, if you don't have another code you can use, you are well, you are definitely feel free to use mine just to make sure you get that six months of free supercharging. Mine again is Ryan73014. And if you're in Europe, and you need instructions on how to attach that uh, a, any referral code to your account, please listen to the beginning of episode 175. That's two episodes ago. All right, that wraps it up for the Tesla news this week. I'll be right back with yet another packed edition of the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your call's coming up next. All right, it's your turn here on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. We're going to go through a bunch of them here right now. All the best stuff from the week. I encourage you to call in, participate. I'd love to hear from you here at the end of the year. uh, So many new Tesla owners, certainly this quarter, last quarter, really the second half of this year, and I'm one of them. But I would love to hear from you if you've got Tesla on the brain. You can call in easily in one of two ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice memo, voice recording software, and record a one to one and a half minute call. Please try to limit it to that if you can. And email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send the same minute to minute and a half tops call to the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. All you got to do is call in and leave a message. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Let's kick it off with Jeff from New Jersey, just got a Performance Model 3 and wants to talk about windshield wipers. Jeff, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeff from New Jersey. I am new to Ride the Lightning and new to Tesla. Just took delivery of the Performance 3 dual motor, and I am really, really liking the car. However, there are certain things about the car I don't love, and I thought I'd mention one of them. One of the things I really don't love about the car is its windshield wipers. Even though Elon says Tesla is best at everything, clearly there's still work to be done on the windshield wipers auto rain sensing mechanism. In addition, at times 
Turning on and off the windshield wiper is particularly distressing, especially in the rain, when one really needs them. I find that, looking down at my screen, it's particularly hard to get to the windshield wipers because it's more than one click. Do you think Tesla, in its attempt to minimize stalk control, would ever consider giving windshield wiper control more than just that single button push back to the driver on the steering wheel? Curious to hear what you think. Really enjoy the show, and thank you so much for everything that you do. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. And, you know, it's funny. I just listened to a call from David in Northern Virginia who had a tip that I'll just go ahead and pass along here on his behalf. Uh, if you tap the button on the end of the left stalk on Model 3, it does a single wipe of the windshield wipers. If you hold that button in, it does the spray to clean your windshield as well. But just a tap for, the, for just one, actually two wiper swipes. So that might help you. I agree, though, that the auto-sensing wipers are still not great yet. They're good, but not great. Elon said an update for those is coming soonish, so hopefully that means sometime in the next month or two, but I don't think they're going to relent, honestly, and put wiper controls on the stalk. I just don't see it. I think they're going to double down on the auto-sensing wipers and, and really put their development efforts into those in order to try and make them better. Uh, you know, Elon is not one to relent on a thing like that, typically. Though, he did relent one time I can think of. And that's the, the Model 3 key fob, after Consumer Reports was, was uh, sort of leading the charge on, on expressing some dissatisfaction with that. So it's not out of the question, I guess, but I wouldn't bet on it myself. Brad from Minnesota is up next and wants to uh, sort of talk about the differences between Model S and Performance Model 3. Brad, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Brad calling from Minnesota. My question is regarding the overall driving experience of a Model S versus a Performance Model 3. Uh, I haven't really owned either. I plan to buy a P85D here in the next year or two, so I'm looking forward to that. But several people have been talking so highly about the Performance Model 3 that I'm kind of wondering, what's the difference between the two? Obviously, there are dimensional differences, um, fit and finish differences. But in terms of the overall driving, performance, handling, just the overall experience, like what is the difference between a Model S and a Performance Model 3? I know I can drive both to see for myself, but I'm just wondering what you or other people might think. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Well, Brad, for me, the big thing is the weight. The Model 3 weighing a pretty good bit less than the S just makes it feel nimbler to me, more of a point-and-shoot kind of handling when compared to the Model S. Both are amazing cars, and of course, in a P85D, you get an absurd amount of cargo volume and awesome performance. But if the Model 3 is sufficient for you in that department, and again, the 0-60 to 60 performance is about exactly the same between those two cars. Plus, on the new 3, you'd get Autopilot 2.5 hardware versus getting Autopilot 1 hardware in a P85D, which again, Autopilot 1's still great, it's just not evolving anymore. I'd recommend the 3. But, you know, everybody's different. Some people like a bigger car. Some people want 
love, need the air suspension that the P85D will have that the Model 3 doesn't, the P3D doesn't. The good news is that no matter which one of them you choose, you can't go wrong. So good luck to you, Brad. And now Jeff from New Jersey. Oh, wait. Oh, it's <laughs> it's the same Jeff. Normally, I don't like to play two callers, two calls from the same person in one show. Not because I have any problem with anybody, but just just spread the love around. I get a lot of calls. Want to make sure everybody gets heard. But well, Jeff, you managed to sneak one by me here. So here is new P3D owner uh, Jeff once again. This time talking about seating in the Model Three. So Jeff, one more time. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeff from New Jersey, and I'm the new owner of a Performance Model 3 dual motor. And I'm really liking my car. I have a question for you about seat position. I'm having a very hard time finding a comfortable seat position that puts me in the optimal driving position. And I've driven two-door sports cars before and really literally sat on the ground. I've also driven... SUVs and station wagons where I'm much higher up and for some reason I just can't seem to find a great spot to sit in the Model 3. Do you think this might be because Tesla gives you so many options to personalize the way both the seat and the steering wheel can be located that it's just really tough to get that perfect spot. I'm wondering if anybody else has had this challenge. I've been searching the internet to absolutely no avail and just can't seem to get it right. Really curious to hear what you think. Thanks so much for an outstanding podcast, and I really appreciate it. Well, Jeff, I can see where you're coming from here. It is a bit of the problem of plenty, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you already know this, but just in case, uh, the seat is Eight-way adjustable. Just want to make sure you understand that. So, you know, it's just one of those things where new owner, you know, you know, don't want to assume what anybody knows, don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, but just in case. So it's eight-way adjustable, meaning you can go up and down with the seat as well as back and forth. Just want to mention it just in case that happens to help you. But, you know, you, you don't have an instrument cluster in front of you to worry about. And your rear view is pretty poor, if we're being honest. That's certainly one of my big critiques with the Model 3. So, you know, you don't have to think too much about positioning around an instrument cluster in front of you or rear visibility. It's because it's really good in front of you, no matter what, and it's not so great behind you, no matter what. So I would say, you know, just, just telescope that steering wheel in, out, up or down to, to get it comfortable to your hands and arms. And hopefully you'll be able to combine that with a, with a decent enough seating location with, for, with your legs and, and back and, you know, low, lower uh, sort of lumbar area to really, and you do have a lumbar adjustment, by the way, too. It's that little disc you'll feel on it with your, you know, your left hand uh, near the other seat adjustments. There's a lumbar adjustment. I like to, I give mine a little bit back there. I like a little bit of support. So, um, so there's that. Hopefully that'll help you find something you like. Plus, uh, I also, the other thing, I feel like you just get more comfortable organically as you drive the car more, you know, you're just going to kind of settle in with it seeing, uh, you know, since you just got it, I think all that plus give it a little time and I think you'll be golden. Let's stay on the East coast with Raphael in Connecticut. Also a new Tesla owner. Uh, he had an interesting experience with his uh, new registration, in fact. Raphael, go ahead. 
Hi, Ryan. This is Raphael from Connecticut. Uh, this Friday will be uh, one month since I picked up my uh, Model 3 all-wheel drive. Uh, and my uh, temporary plate expires this Friday also. So I called Tesla to find out if they actually had sent in the application for me to get my permanent plates. And what they told me was interesting. First thing they said was, uh, yes, they did. And that if I do get pulled over after uh, the expiration date, it's a non-moving violation. And the second thing they said was, if I get a ticket, for me to mail it to Tesla and they will pay for it. So I guess that's interesting. Uh, I would rather have my plates, obviously, but they must be so behind that uh, I'm not the first person to call and say that uh, the temporary plate is going to expire. So I thought that would be interesting to the community. Thanks for your podcast. I enjoy it. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the call, Raphael. That's certainly a state-by-state thing, because here in California, we have no plates until they arrive in the mail. I got my standard issue license plates about, really pretty quick, about three weeks after delivery, but I just left them in the envelope and left them sitting in my house and not on the car because I was waiting on my personalized plates, which ended up taking about four months. So I was driving around with no plates for, for a good little while. Although on that note... There is a Model 3 in my neighborhood that's been around for months, and it's definitely the same car, like at least six months, if not more, and they still haven't put their plates on, and they had to have gotten them by now. I guess they're just doing the whole Steve Jobs thing with that. I don't know, but I'm glad to hear that Tesla covered you uh, when, when you weren't able to get your plate within the the legislatively permitted time. That's that's just a good, I'm glad Tesla did the right thing on that for you. Staying on the East Coast, EJK in Pennsylvania wants to talk about uh, an old Model S problem from way back in the day, and does it and is it pertaining to the Model 3? Hey, Ryan, this is EJK in Pennsylvania. Love your podcast. I was wondering if you heard any news of any Model 3s that have had their drive units replaced. I just got mine in August, and I only have roughly 7,000 miles on it, and I just had my drive unit replaced. I backed out of my driveway, and the car made a loud clunk, and then uh, said to the battery was dying or motor is shutting off or pull over all these various alerts and then i'm pulling it to the tesla service center and it turns out the invoice says there was an isolation fault in the drive unit and then they replaced the drive unit and the pyrotechnic fuse and they also ended up replacing the 12 volt battery in any case i didn't know if you heard of this happening to other uh Model 3s, and just wanted to shout out to you and see if you had. All right. Love the show. Thanks. Well, EJK, I haven't heard about it. As I mentioned uh, heading into your call, this was a problem on the very early Model S cars. The initial versions of the drive unit were notorious for making a loud milling sound as they failed, as, uh, though the cars were still totally workable. They just made a super loud noise. My cousin Pat went through it, and I heard it firsthand. I could, I could hear it myself. But 
to the best of my knowledge, it's been so far so good for Model 3 in that department. You know, no part, literally no part has 100% reliability. So hopefully yours was just an isolated incident. And I'm glad to hear that Tesla got you taken care of. Will from Oxfordshire, England is up next. We will leave the East Coast, but head further east across the Atlantic. Uh, He wants to talk about preconditioning and regeneration, sort of temperature-related stuff. Will, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Will Brocklebank from Oxfordshire in England. I hope you're well. Thanks a lot for a great podcast. Quick question. The weather's getting a bit colder down here, and we're getting down to zero degrees or less overnight. And I'm trying to make sure that my car is fully preconditioned and heated for when I leave for my journeys in the morning. I use TeslaFi to schedule charging to start at a time that will mean that it'll be pretty much reaching completion just after I need it. So I may be missing a couple of percent, but still charging a full bore. Cabin's nice and hot. And um, what I've discovered is that even when I get in the car at that point in the day, the battery isn't sufficiently warmed up to give me full regen. I get about 50% regen. This is odd, I think, because I'm charging at 7 kilowatts off a domestic supply, which over here is uh, 32 amps on 240 volts. Um, And I'm surprised that maybe that level of power isn't sufficient to actually give the battery all the preheating it needs. Do you think that's the case and that I would need a faster charger to really fully warm up the battery? The other part of the question is, I do about half an hour of driving or more on smaller roads between sort of 30 and 60 miles an hour. And it still takes all of that time for regen to fully become enabled. So for the battery to really get into its stride. This also surprises me. I would have thought it would be quicker. Anyway, any thoughts you got would be great. So thrilled to hear you got your roadster and perhaps you're well on your way to a second. Anyway, all that's thanks. Bye. Thank you for your call, Will. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to throw this one to the audience. This is one that I'm going to need some cold weather experience and expertise on, which I simply, honestly, cannot provide from here in San Francisco. So if anybody can give Will an answer, please feel free to call in or email me, and uh, we'll, we'll keep that thread of knowledge running into next week's show. Dave from Texas is up next and uh, wants to talk about used Model 3s, if and when, well, not if, but when that might come along. Dave, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This My name's Dave from Texas. Um, I started listening to your podcast way back in episode number one, but I stopped listening. Um, I figured out I, I wanted a Tesla back then, but, you know, back then there was no way I could afford a Model S. It's just way out of my price range. And so I stopped following Tesla, listening to the podcast, but I've gotten back into it recently, and uh, I really enjoy your podcast, by the way. Um, but with the Model 3 and everything, I, I started, you know, looking into Tesla again. I've been checking out used Model S's, which I was kind of shocked that I could actually maybe afford one of those. Um, and I think the way they get those the certified pre-owned Model S's, Tesla does, is when people trade them in to get a new Tesla or they, uh, I think the way they get most of them, like most car manufacturers when they come back from a lease. And so, um, another model I would love to have is the model three or even the model Y. I'm very tempted to put down a deposit on the model Y if it comes down next year. 
and save for a couple of years. But my question to you is um, if you think there's any way that the Model 3 will become part of the CPO program, I don't know how they would how Tesla would get those because Tesla doesn't offer leasing on the Model 3. So I was wondering if you knew anything about that and if you think they will become part of the CPO program because I could afford one of those even more. So uh, thanks again for the podcast and thanks for answering my question. Well, Dave, eventually they'll have to, but they're not even leasing Model 3s at this point. So I can't imagine they would turn you away if you if someone wanted to trade in a Model 3. I'm sure it's happened here or there already. You know, maybe somebody has a new addition to their family and they move up to a Model X that has, you know, more seating as just as an example, but you know, you, you could always put a bug in the ear of your local Tesla store, the folks there to just let them know hey, if somebody trades in a Model 3, please call me. I think the real issue for the time being is that there'd probably be very little depreciation on a CPO Model 3 so far, just because by default, none of them have a lot of age or lots of mileage on them. But over the coming year or two, that will obviously change. So I hope you can find the Tesla that you want soon, Dave, whether that ends up being a CPO Model 3 or maybe a new Model Y down the road. Alexander from Northern Virginia is up next, and he has a response to a previous caller who uh, was looking for some sort of software solution for uh, wanting the car to tell him if the door was ajar when he walked away. So Alexander, talk to us. Hey, Ryan, this is Alexander from Northern Virginia. Been listening to you since I got my uh, Model S uh, this past July. Love the show. Congrats on your two roadsters. You deserve it. Just want to make a quick comment about the gentleman who called to add to the app about notifying you if your doors are open and things like that. While the Tesla app does not do that, there's a new app out for iOS only called Stats. It's a really cool app. It gives you uh, different stats about the car. Uh, I've been testing it for over a month. It doesn't add to any vampire drain, anything like that. It's really cool, but some of the cool things in addition to stats is it lets you know if you left your door unlocked, sends you a message. Other cool things is if you set a certain threshold and you forget to plug in your car for the night, it'll send you a message about that too. And it lets you have a preset time to turn on your HVAC uh, if you routinely leave at the same time every day. So just want to let you know there is an app out there for iOS only called Stats, and it does a couple of those things already. Uh, so users might want to check that out. Have a good one. Thank you very much, Alexander. To be clear, I haven't used the app myself, although the uh, the creator of the app kindly sent me a code. I just haven't had a chance to check it out. But uh, just just so the legal disclaimer, <laughs> I'm not endorsing it, but uh, I just wanted to pass along the information in case anybody, in case you did want to try it. It's it's good to see another Tesla extension kind of app out there, and it sounds like you're really liking this one so far. So uh, glad to hear that. More good options are, are never a bad thing. Thanks so much for the call. Rob in Toronto is up next and uh, is curious about Tesla's progress. They're they're how they're growing. Rob, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Rob calling from Toronto. I uh, love your show. Uh, just, just a thought on your um, 
information you pass on, I thought maybe you might want to think about occasionally, maybe maybe every week or maybe once every couple of weeks, providing an update on uh, to indicate how fast um, Tesla is investing and expanding their service to customers by citing the number of new superchargers and maybe the number of new sales outlets and service outlets that have been opened that uh, that week or that month and, and a total so that uh, we get some idea. I think there's some pretty impressive numbers being put up and uh, I think it, it speaks highly to the commitment of Tesla to keep on expanding and uh, might be information that would be of, um, of, of great interest to your listeners. Take care. Well, Rob, all I can really say is I'm certainly happy to pass along info as I hear it. I would encourage you to keep an eye on tesla.com supercharger to keep track of new supercharger locations. And yeah, as, as a big new kind of waves of stores and superchargers open up, I will, uh, I will do my best to pass that information along. Taking us home this week is Jeremy from Ohio. He has a suggestion, which uh, maybe some people think might be also might think is a good idea as well. Jeremy, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Jeremy from Ohio. Uh, I wanted to call to give a suggestion slash warning to my fellow autopilot drivers uh, with the auto lane change. Um, and there's been several occasions where I've been driving on the highway with the autopilot and I turn on uh, the lane change and then my Model 3 will get about halfway to 75% over the uh, into the other lane and then abruptly jump back over into the original lane. I don't know why it does that, whether it saw a shadow or it thought that it could no longer make that uh, lane change, but it's happened a couple of times. And on one occasion particularly, the reason why I was getting over is because there was a car behind me that was trying, that wanted to pass me and was kind of riding my tail a bit. And so when I turned my automatic lane change on, my car got about halfway over. And then that car uh, that was behind me started to creep up behind me even more because he was predicting that I was getting over or he was seeing that my car was getting over. And then when my car on autopilot abruptly jumped back into the original lane, it caused the car behind me to almost rear end me uh, because that car was expecting me to fully go over into the other lane. And so it's just something that I think that the autopilot drivers just need to be aware of. If there's a car riding your tail or a car close behind you and you put on your uh, autopilot engaged lane change, be wary of the fact that it could jump back over and that could put you in a hairy situation. Well, I've only had that happen once so far, but I'll tell you, those false positives of the car thinking that it sees something there and that it needs to thus abort the lane change in order to avoid the thing that it thinks is there, it's definitely not a desirable behavior, is it? Like you, I'm not sure what it, what it is thinking it sees or why it's making the mistake. I'm sure an engineer on the autopilot team would tell you that uh, it is better for it to err on that side of things, err on the side of caution, rather than the other side, which would be to not abort an auto lane change when there was, in fact, something there. I'll tell you, that, I, I'm confident that we are going to see this behavior improve as more autopilot updates roll out. But in the meantime, 
your warning to be vigilant and be aware is a good one. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you to everybody that called in. Again, I I welcome your calls. I encourage them. If you've got something on your mind that's Tesla-related, give me a call. Either record a question on your smartphone using your smartphone's built-in voice memo, voice recording software, and email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in toll-free on the Ride the Lightning hotline and just leave a message at 1-888-989-8752. Quick breather, and I'll be right back up to wrap things... Be right back up? No. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. You know, as longtime Ride the Lightning listeners know, I'm not afraid to uh, say things that that may be embarrassing to the point of self-deprecation. So I wanted to share one of those little things with you because, you know, maybe one or two of you out there do the same thing and you'll get a chuckle out of this. But I have taken, with Navigate on Autopilot, I have taken to personifying my autopilot. And basically, I call it AP. I refer to the car as, well, I refer to navigate on autopilot as AP. So when it does a good job on an auto lane change or a, or a merge, that's like, cause that's like the new thing that I like to watch it do is see how it handles a merge from, from another on-ramp while I'm already on the freeway or to, you know, when it, when it you know, signals by itself and takes the, the off-ramp, I'll just tell it, be like, good job, AP, or what were you thinking there, AP? So yes, I'm a little crazy. But maybe you have to be to, to do a Tesla podcast every week for the last 177 weeks. Anyway, yeah, I'm just going to be spending time uh, recording the usual Friday night. I got to wash the car tomorrow to get it ready for not only my, uh, my in-laws are coming into, t- into town. It'll be the first time they've seen the car after I talked about it for years. So I have to have it presentable. And then I'm also on Sunday morning. As I mentioned at the top, I'm heading over to Fremont to the delivery hub to assist with deliveries. Now, probably no one's going to see my car. It's just going to be a, another Model 3 in a sea of them. Uh, and people are going to be too busy with their own cars. But, you know, I don't want to have a filthy Model 3 when I'm, when I'm over there <laughs> on Tesla's turf. Our pro tip of the week this week is one, I'll tell you, I've, I've been using this myself ever since he called in with it. Jonathan from Atlanta... A real simple one, but I think super helpful. Take it away, Jonathan. Hey, Ryan. Jonathan from Atlanta again. I do have a pro tip for all your listeners and maybe yourself for the week. And I've noticed that when I drive or when the temperatures outside are around 45 degrees or greater, I can either drive without the fan or any of the, you know, no, no heater, um, or, or even the fan being on, which is a great assist for the watts per mile. So frequently, though, when it, it is a little bit colder, 45, 55, the, the car does fog up, which requires a brief hit um, of the defroster, the window defroster. And what I was doing was to turn it off after having it on for maybe 20 or 30 seconds to take away the, the fogginess of the windows. I was having to um, hit the defroster off manually, but when you when you do that, the fan still stays on. And so to turn the fan off, then I'd have to go and separately turn the fan off by opening up the, the, the HVAC controls. Instead, if you just long press the fan button while the defroster is on, 
it will turn everything off. Everything, including the, the fan. So if you're trying to get watts per mile and you just want to defog for, defog for a second, um, then just long press the fan and you'll see it flash uh, around your finger and it'll turn all that stuff off. So there's your pro tip for the week. Uh, maybe basic, I don't know, but enjoy the show as always. Thanks. Love that one, Jonathan. Thank you so much for that. I'm using that all the time. All right, time to hit the road. Let me do the plugs here. First, I want to mention the Patreon. That is the way uh, that if you would like to support the podcast, totally optionally, you can do that. Find all the information at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, that is a thing where basically if you want to support me, you like it, you get a lot out of it. That's how, uh, that's the best way to do so. But again, totally optional. You'll always get the show for free Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time without fail. So just trying to add some, some fun, some value. If you do uh, decide to, to support me on Patreon. And in fact, the Patreon producers, let me, let me say hi to them now. They are the, uh, very kind folks that are backing me on a monthly basis every month. Blake Wiley is our newest one, along with Daniel Grummer, Michael Waddle, Ground Level Painting, Stig Michael, Jen- uh, excuse me, Stig Mickey Jensen, Luxendary.com, Dorian Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Scott Gillis, Bill Royko, Rick Sinta, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salaise, Luke Miles, David Nondal, Eric Randolph, Luke A. Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Harold Plug, Peter Chalet, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Emotion Rentals, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Para, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, DJ Harbaugh, and Paul Hussey. Thank you all so, so much for backing me, supporting me at the Patreon producer level. If you are buying Tesla accessories, maybe you've just picked up a new Tesla here at the end of the quarter. Well, guess what? There are lots of cool aftermarket accessories, particularly a ton of lighting accessories, upgraded LED lighting kits, the puddle lights that shine the the different Tesla logos down underneath the door of your car look super cool at night. I would encourage you to browse around abstractocean.com, abstractocean.com. And if you see some stuff you like, well, pile it all in at once because there's a one-time use code. First-time buyers there, first-time customers can get 15% off of your order by using the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. That's all one word, RTL podcast, all one word. Uh, the, t- the T-E-S-L-A lettering you can put on the back of your Tesla looks kind of cool. Anyway, all kinds of stuff over there. Take a look at abstractocean.com. Meanwhile, luxendary.com has some fun Tesla-inspired smartphone cases. If you'd like to take a look at what they have, if you just use the URL luxendary.com slash RTL, uh, you go there, and then anything you buy will automatically have a 15% discount code baked into it. Meanwhile, uh, my good friend Jeff at Immaculate Reflections continues to take great care of all the Model 3, well, all the just Tesla customers in general. It is a lot of Model 3s, but everybody coming his way. I, you know, I, I mentioned a couple weeks back, I, I checked in with him at the shop because, of course, my 
my mysterious uh, bumper damage, which is hopefully just limited to the film. And he was telling me, yeah, he's just been uh, getting a lot of Tesla business, a lot of people from the show contacting him or, you know, that heard about him from this show contacting him, which is just great to hear. And, and again, my, uh, my experience with him was, was absolutely tremendous. Uh, not only was the work great, the quality of the work great, but Jeff was just such a, a an honest, uh, hardworking, just kind man uh, to deal with. So if you are curious about detailing your Tesla, whether it's uh, the ceramic coating to make, you know, which is basically the, the super wax, so you don't have to wax it for three to five years. There's that, there's paint correction, the paint protection film, whatever you want to do. Check them out, IR Detailing, which of course stands for Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com. Uh, I think that's about it. I gave you the referral code at the at the earlier part of the show there. The email address, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to email me for whatever reason, or if you have a, a smartphone recorded call that you'd like to send me, that's how to, how to do it. You can follow me on Twitter if you're interested. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan. The Twitter is some Tesla stuff, lots of video game stuff, my day job. The Instagram is all Tesla stuff all the time on that. Um, And I think, oh yeah, the Jada wireless charging pad. Again, if you're maybe, maybe again, you're taking a new uh, Model 3 home this, the end of the quarter here. And you've got a Qi-capable wireless charging smartphone. Well, unfortunately, there's no factory, there's no first-party Tesla option for that. But the folks at Jada make a a pretty nice wireless charging pad. I've been pretty happy with mine. So if you're interested in buying one, they're $100. Uh, I don't have a discount on that for you. But if if you feel so kind, if you use the the referral link that I will give you, then order one. Uh, they give me a couple bucks on a, on a referral link, basically. So that link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. I think that'll do it. I think we're all set. Oh, subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. That way the show finds you every week. You don't have to go find it. So you can subscribe on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. Remember, Google is phasing out the Google Play music stuff. So if you're a, if you're a Google person, Android, uh, please check out the Google Podcasts app and subscribe to me on there. I'm also on Stitcher, TuneIn, which is uh, TuneIn is what's in your Tesla. I'm also on Spotify, and I am on YouTube. It's just the it's automatic syndication of the audio. You don't see my face. Or anything like that, um, which believe you don't want that. Voice is better than face in this case, trust me. But you can find me on YouTube if you want. I guess the easiest way would just be to search "Ride the Lightning Tesla Podcast" and I'll, and you'll see my channel pop right up there. And I think that does it for a. Uh, I have to tell you, a gassy Daisy the Boxer puppy. She must have heard the uh, the fart app clips earlier. Sub uh, just subconsciously as she sleeps, she's been she's been cracking a few over here. There, <laughs> right on cue. I don't know if the mic picked that up. That was right on cue. We couldn't have rehearsed that better. 
She's sound asleep, that adorable puppy. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> she goes, I got to go. This dog uh, probably needs to go out by the sounds of it. Anyway, for a, uh, a gassy, tired Daisy the Boxer puppy, my name's Ryan McCaffrey. You all know that. Uh, thank you so much for your time, for your support. Again, whether, it's, whether it is Patreon or whether it's just listening, whether it's you, you, a nice tweet, a nice email, a nice call. Everybody's so kind when they when they reach out. It just it's it is energizing. It is heartwarming. It is it's just it's great. I love doing this podcast. I know I say it a lot, but I it, from the bottom of my heart, I mean it. Um, you guys have have done all. Have, well, you've all ch- you've changed my life. I you know recent shows have have uh, explained that in grave great detail. But my goodness, what a what a great year it's been. I'll, I'll do some more year-end recap stuff next week because uh, we got next week's show, I guess, is for the 30th. But for now, I wish all of you happy holidays. And I again, I will be back regular time next week. And I'll tell you about my, my road trip down to Arizona. So look for that. And we'll see what other... I don't know if there's going to be a lot of Tesla news over this holiday week or not. We'll see. We'll, I'll talk about whatever whatever comes up, whatever uh, news is out there. We'll cover it. I'll do your phone calls and the Ride the Lightning Hotline, all that stuff. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll uh, try to remember to do my predictions for 2019 as well. So happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.